Are we recording? Oh yeah. Oh god, it's been for hours. forever. Has it? No, hasn't. I just checked. It's not been forever. Okay. So, welcome back. Joining me behind the mic mm-hmm. is Mr. Ian Anderson. Hello. Hey. It's my dulcet tones. <laughs> yep. Cool. We were just talking about black and white flags. Were we? Yeah. Not really, though. Oh, what were we talking about? Hogcasts. Hogcast. Cast. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's what we should call our podcast. This is, uh, oh, you know what? The, um, mm. the outbound effects are still on. Oh. We sound a little bigger than normal. Do you, do you feel that way? <laughs> like a giant? Like louder. Like more like the final product. I mean, than... I think I always sound pretty big. Okay. Uh, I don't know what that means. <laughs> but <laughs> are you comfortable with how this sounds going? Is it too... I guess we can adjust also the total level. Okay. Uh, you can... I'm good with it. Wait. It... What? Does it matter? Does what matter? The That sound. The sound of us. This does the sound of us matter, he says, <laughs> I, on a hog cast. Like, as we're recording, does it matter? Right, as because you can... If the effects are on or because not. Because you can adjust it later. Uh, so it doesn't matter in that sense, no. Okay. It matters in the sense that we will perform differently oh. on, on the mic. You think it's going to change our... The way we empathize with each other and... <laughs> yeah, we now we sound like big, brash radio people <laughs> and just like... Yeah, all of our empathy is going to be thrown out. Um. Yeah, I don't. I okay. I actually don't know what this was. I just I saw it outside someone's house. So it's like a black and white American flag, uh-huh. and I saw one with a red stripe through the middle. Okay, but there's also one with a blue stripe through the middle, mm-hmm. and it's to do with policemen and firemen. Oh, okay, and showing support for them. For them, I think. Okay, I would assume that the red one is for firemen, but I think I'm wrong. I think the blue one is for firemen. No. That uh, can't be right. Is Blue is always police. The blue represents the officer and the courage they find deep inside when faced with insurmountable odds. Yeah, I think you're right. The blue is the policeman. Okay. Uh, okay. Yeah, I haven't seen this, but... I saw it outside someone's house and I was like, huh, I, don't, I have no idea. Mm-hmm. What, yeah. Yeah. It's like obviously supposed to be a symbol for this is my beliefs and you should know about them. Mm-hmm. Right. Or this is something that I find important. Right. But I think my first guess, if I just saw the black and white flag, would be... Oh, I should have made you guess. Let's bring things back to before the Wizard of Oz, like how they were back then, before color. What about the one color? Well, this one doesn't have a color. Oh, yeah. There, are, them, there are just black and white some ones. Some of them don't, yeah. I've, I've never seen that in the real world. Okay. Yeah, does, does that have any meaning on, on its own, just the black and white, or is it specific to the ones that have the extra stripe of color? Um, well, it's like, this one looks like it's supposed to be decoration in a black and white room. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Like, right. I, I think it has no meaning. It's just... Mm-hmm. Well, just as much meaning as a... Um. <laughs> normal <laughs> uh, Ouch. You heard it here first. <laughs> The American flag has no meaning. Uh, okay. Yep. <laughs> yeah. I was curious. So. Yeah. There, uh, there are some things on the table. So, so much has happened. Oh, yeah. Um, and will happen soon, I think, Ooh. for both of us. 
Yeah. Uh, for me, it mostly revolves around my uh, intensifying my homebrewing hobby. Yep. For you... Um, and mostly revolves around <laughs> intensifying my family your hobby. Fa- your family hobby. <laughs> yes. Yes. We are both doubling down <laughs> in a certain way on those things. Yep. Um, maybe I'll let you start because I feel like I could, oh. as you probably could tell in the past couple of weeks, I could go on I, yeah, my stuff. I don't have much to really add to the fact that we're going mm-hmm. to have another baby. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, um, do you, are you, are you, uh, are you nervous? Are you uh, anxious? Are you... I guess about the actual birth. Okay. Um, I will be relieved when that's finished. Yep. More concentrated on that now than <laughs> yeah. like what life will be like after with yeah. two kids. Uh, life with yeah. two kids is probably not going to be a problem. <laughs> <laughs> that's good. <laughs> I don't know what a problem means in this context. A problem. No. Okay. Um... You think you can handle it? And, yeah, uh, my my um, my charming wife has a uh, generous amount of maternity leave, mm-hmm. um, so she is going to and be maternity up. love. No comment. Okay. Um, wow. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, so she'll be off for four months. So that's great. Yeah, yeah, that's um, that is awesome. And then I will work in the mines. Um. <laughs> And then uh, we'll switch places. She'll, data mines? She'll work in mines. The data mines. And I will um, be a stay-at-home dad for two months. Mm-hmm. Can you imagine, like, in 100 years, when when we don't have jobs at all? Oh, yeah. And we talk to... Well, we won't be alive. Well, we might. Uh, we might. Okay, we might. Let's yeah. Just, let's not roll that out. But, um, but I'm just thinking of, a like, an SNL sketch where we... We talk about how hard our lives were in the data mines. Yeah. And, uh, you know, we didn't have black lung, but we had, like, you know... Dust mites. Diabetes. And, like, <laughs> our posture was bad because we sat yeah. down all day and... Uh, I, actually, that's true. Like, the... No, I, yeah. yeah. Like, we couldn't get... Wait, us, what's true? <laughs> like, the not being able to have um, as much time dedicated to, like, physical activity and... Right. Keeping healthy and... Yeah. Um, I mean, you can, yeah, true. Uh, anyway, anyway, cool. So baby boy, baby boy, baby boy, wait, legal name, (laughs) baby boy, Sumner, baby boy, Sumner. Yep. Uh huh. Um, so he'll be here soon. I'm actually, I'm fucking surprised that he's not here already. Like genuinely, we did not predict well, we are in the bunker right now, so yeah, I have I have my phone on. Okay. Um, wow, this could be the most exciting episode. Yeah. Oh yeah. Halfway through, we should fake it either way. <laughs> right at the end. Oh, I've got the call. Yeah. Okay, we'll do that. Okay. Uh, cut that. Cut that bit out. <laughs> well, I should clarify: not fake it either way. We only need to fake it if it doesn't happen. <laughs> If it, <laughs> if it does happen. Right, if it does happen. We shouldn't, we shouldn't pretend it's not happening. Uh, yeah, also true. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Cool. Uh, I'm excited for you. And uh, Good. Let's talk about the beer. 
Oh my gosh. Because uh, I came over last weekend and yes. brewed a beer instead of recording a podcast. Uh, uh, yes. Hogcast. Hogcast. Yep. Yep. That's some listener feedback uh, that we should now, whenever we say. I mean, honestly, it makes more sense than podcast. No one is listening to this on their iPod. I'm well, I mean, no sure. one's listening to it on their pig. <laughs> Well, equally as many people. <laughs> All right, so maybe it makes just as much sense. <laughs> well, but a, no, a little more sense because the name, the name tie-in. Right, yeah, so, yeah, yeah. That's like the bonus. That's our little branding uh-huh. on that, little spin on it. Um, you can find us in any of the popular hog hogcast directories. <laughs> um, we should start a hogcast directory. Yeah. Just, just ours. Just all. Yeah. Uh, okay, so beer. Yeah, we brewed a beer um, last Friday. Yeah. Um, and I roped you in and without really explaining how long I th- thought it would take. And it took yeah. quite a while. Yeah, it was a weird yeah. thing because you just kind of said it offhandedly last Friday. Mm-hmm. And I said, <clears throat> oh, let me check. And yeah. I texted um, Jess from Massachusetts to ask her yeah. if she was going to have a baby today. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and she said no. So I could okay. come brew beer. Um, yeah, so I was going to brew either way, and, and luckily you were uh, available. So that was great. It was the first brew with my new fancy system yeah, called the Grainfather. Man. It Puns is, all over the place. It is fancy. Wow. Uh, it's pretty fancy. It's, it's just fancy enough, I think, for what I wanted. Um, I had been... I don't think we talked about this on the podcast. No. Okay. You haven't, you haven't, you've only just got it. You went like right. mad two well, weeks ago. <laughs> you're right. There was a lot of trial and tribulation leading up to the purchase and just <laughs> yeah. second guessing everything. Um, <laughs> you, you texted, you texted me and I feel like you were hoping um, that I would reinforce this decision to buy a grain father. So you texted me asking yeah. if you should do it. And I right. responded with like, the, what's the financially responsible <laughs> thing to do? I was like, what? <laughs> Uh, and I think you'd already bought it. Probably, yeah, who knows. Um, I was just trying to feel good about it. <laughs> um, yeah, so I was considering a couple options. One was the Pico Brew Zymatic, mm. which is basically a, an that, appliance. I mean, um, yeah, that's not... That's like a... It's not really a hobby at that point. Right. You just pour the ingredients into the trays. Yeah. It's like a... It's like a mixture between a washing machine and a baking machine. Yeah, like a bread maker. Yeah, you know. Oh yeah, yeah, exactly. Difference between like an artisanal, uh, you know, I, whatever bread person. I really like bread makers. Yeah, maybe that's a bad. That's not really a great, a perfect analogy. Yeah. Um. Anyway, yeah, you can't really see what's going on. You can't like get the full aroma right. during the mash. You can't have all the control over many things um and it brews three gallon batches um which isn't a huge downside but mm. um if i'm gonna take you know six hours or whatever to brew right it's nice to have a little more to share with people um so the grandfather makes up to six gallon batches yeah uh which is basically a couple cases of beer which is a nice nice amount yep um and the grandfather is not fully on automatic the Pico right. Brew is. I don't know if I actually said that. But it's but yeah, you turn it on, you come back four hours later, beer. and there's 
beer ready to be chilled, basically. So you still need to right. do that and then ferment and uh, pitch the yeast. Yeah. And then you're kind of like, okay. It's a lot more of a black box. Right. Yes. You, you can <clears throat> work out, you can look into what it's doing, and I'm sure it gives you those numbers, but mm-hmm. you don't have to. Right. Whereas with the grandfather, you do. Otherwise, you're going to end up with terrible beer. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I think it's hard to make terrible beer. You'd have to try, but like, right. but yeah. Mm. I feel like you've said a couple of times that you've made terrible beer. Oh, I have. Sorry. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm starting to think that that's happened. Those issues happen more during fermentation, though. I see. Um, I'm starting to think that's like the critical point mm. of like. And fermentation is not part of making beer. Not. Uh, well, it's not part of this comparison between right. like the grandfather or Versus. some other system or what I was doing before. Or all this oh, okay. So it could still go bad like after it comes out of the Pico right. thing. Yep. Um, so this goes to another point that I wanted to talk about was kind of the bottlenecks in uh, in brewing. Nice pun. Um, oh my gosh. <laughs> that is a nice pun. Oh my gosh. Bottlenecks. Yeah. How did I not? Let's go. That's amazing. I just need to revel in that for another couple of seconds. Okay. Um, so... I am a, a uh, an audio hobbyist as well. Yeah. Obviously. Oh. Um, are we going to talk about how you're going to mix the two? Um, is that a pun? Mixing? Oh, yeah. Whatever. Um, how, how does like playing sound to your beer change mm, how the yeast behaves? We can try that. Yeah. If you want a rockin' fermentation. You, you could name your beers after that. Yes. That's fucking microbrewery Ooh. territory. Ooh. Like, what, you mean like a different song for each? Yeah, like you'd call your brewery something like Recording Studio or something, and each beer that you make would be a genre. Mm. Mm-hmm. So you'd like make the recipe to sort of represent that genre, but then you'd also constantly play music <laughs> yep. while it's fermenting to the beer Okay, of that genre. Mm-hmm. And then you could take a tour of the brewery and... Yeah. Like, this is the hip-hop room, and you go and it's yeah. just like blaring... This is a uh, this is a techno room and there's just like yep. strobe lighting and people having fits and that yeah yeah um mm-hmm. so with audio the oh there's that lid I was looking for that um over there for the bucket oh, um yep there are um abstract bottlenecks not literal bottlenecks in audio like so when you upgrade your microphone right if you don't upgrade your interface that converts the analog mm. signals to digital um, to be on par with the quality of that microphone, you're not going to get all the benefits of that microphone. Why is that an abstract bottleneck? That sounds like a literal bottleneck. Well, a literal bottleneck is a literal bottleneck. I see. <laughs> <laughs> right? I, I, <laughs> we just covered that. You mean a, like a metaphorical um, yeah. bottleneck? Right. Okay. I, I don't know. I feel like we can now use... The word bottleneck to mean hmm. you can have a literal mm, metaphorical at the bottleneck. same time. Yeah. Okay. And then there's a physical maybe physical bottleneck. Right. Yeah. Okay. But even like a physical bottleneck is like a kink in a pipe or something. Right. Oh boy. There's levels of literality here. Right. Anyway. Oh, a bottleneck's difficult. <laughs> Basically, what can happen with this with hobbies like this 
is right. it's this slippery slope of like, oh, I got this really nice microphone. Oh, like now I should really invest uh, in I the see. cabling and the blah, blah, blah. And then like you can be, or I. Swept away. You can be swept away mm-hmm. in this kind of like, well, yeah. I might as well just get a new computer at this point and blah, blah, blah. Right. And if I don't get $100 cables, then the sun's rays are going to come in and mess with the, you know, interfere yep. with the quality and you can really go overboard. And I've been there and I've I've kind of come back from that in the audio realm. Right. Brewing, I've been worried about that from the start. I've tried to keep it simple and I did to start yep. out uh, for years. Uh, and this, uh, things have started to pick up pace a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> because, like I just said, so the grandfather gives you great control over your mash and boiling and right uh basically that maybe we should talk a bit about what the grandfather actually what is it is and yep. what it can do yep um so i'm looking at it right now it looks like a kind of one of those big coffee urns um right that you'd see it like a huge catering event yep like it's more coffee than you've ever seen in one place right right you don't you wouldn't make that for home use right uh, yeah, commercial coffee urn kind of kind of situation. So it's not like super thick stainless steel, but it's a stainless steel um, kettle. Yep. Electric powered. So you plug it into a normal wall socket, um, and it has a big heater in the base, um, and it has a control box attached to it that controls um, the heat, but also a pump, yeah. which is another exciting feature. I think that's the killer feature. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, totally. So the pump allows you to recirculate, continuously recirculate the wort during the mash. So the mash is when you put the grains in and uh, make a tea out of the grains, basically. <laughs> yeah. Um, the beer tea. The beer tea. Uh, and you, so you set the temperature precisely on the control box. Um, we use 152 degrees Fahrenheit yep. for this brew. Um, and it, I mean, as far as I could tell, it was just complete, completely steady yeah. throughout the mash. So um, it has like a, a dome filter at the bottom. Yes. Um, and when you, so you fill it up with water, you throw in the grains, and then uh, the, the domed filter will keep all of the grains from getting into the pump. Actually, it's not domed. Uh, there's an inner basket oh. with a flat... Um, okay bottom but yeah it's a it's a grate that you know that's the doesn't let the grains through right um but lets the water kind of filter through the grain bed uh and so you end up with this like water constantly um circulating over the grains um which i think also really helps with keeping a consistent temperature yes throughout the match yeah the mash um yep it it keeps with not having hot spots which can be a problem in traditional mashing um but then also helps your efficiency which is yep. the basically how much sugar you're getting off of the grain yep. uh, to ferment with. Um, so, so something that was really cool is this is the first time I've done a full grain. Oh, room. nice. Yeah, I, I've always done partial. Yep. Uh, which, uh, for anyone who doesn't know, is um, using um, like malt extract. Mm-hmm. So someone else has already done like the the tea for you, right? And then they've boiled off all the water and given you a syrup. That you yes. can pour into yep. um, or a powder, right, right. So you, so yeah, with partial mash, that's your base sugar um, content, content, and then you add, 
you steep some grains, some special specialty grains, they call them, to kind of give I, it some more color and some more flavors. Yep. But it's kind of secondary to... Um, right. But the, but this yeah. like full grain mashing, it adds like an additional stage almost right to um, brewing because yep. with a with a partial um, mash, I'm going straight into the boiling phase mm-hmm. of the wort. Well, you uh, still steep, right? Uh, I guess you do, but, but it's, it's only like, ten or twenty minutes. Yeah, yeah, it's really short. Yep. Whereas this was like an hour, right? Of um, trying to extract all of this good stuff yep. from the grains. Um, yeah, so having a really um, good temperature control during the mash is important because there are specific enzymes that are active at different temperature right. levels. Yep. Um, I think alpha amylase, oh man, here we go, is active at the relatively lower temperatures and then beta amylase is active at the higher temps. Right. Um, and they um, they do different things. So alpha amylase converts starch to directly to like the fermentable sugars okay um and beta amylase beta amylase breaks starches into smaller starches so it doesn't go the whole way to the fermentable really fermentable sugars they might be like slightly fermentable okay but what's the advantage of those um there isn't one you don't want beta beta? yeah no you do um you will get uh, a more full body Mm. by um, breaking down those starches into yeah. slightly smaller starches, I guess, compared to, you know, having every, having just the alpha amylase right. in effect, that will give you a really dry kind of beer. Mm. Um, and I think they can kind of work in concert too. So don't quote me on this, but, <laughs> but I think maybe the beta amylase breaks it down a little bit and then the, and alpha, then the alpha amylase can take, take over. over. Um, and there's some overlap, so it's not like a very cut and dry, like, right. One you know, at of all this the temperature, other. you know, is the cutoff. There's no, yeah, yeah. there's, there's definitely overlap. So it's kind of like a continuum, um, right. of course, but so you want to target a temperature that gets you kind of both of those, depending on the kind of right beer that you want. I'm not sure anyone can tell, but Ian has been reading a lot about, <laughs> uh, brewing. Yeah. And so the grandfather was not the only, uh, change that we made in this brew yes um ian had also read that water is maybe the most important factor in um definitely not the most (laughs) in Um, well i guess in um the way these enzymes work and like keeping the yeast healthy and all that kind of thing um right and so we tested the ph of the water you tested like the calcium content we added some drywall this is all true. <laughs> Sounds a little crazy. Um, yeah. So, uh, in general, water treatment is kind of unless you have like problems in your water, water treatment is is kind of a way to go from like good to great. Right. Homebrew. Um, this is weird. Oh, this is probably Malden. City of Malden, maybe. They like to call me. Huh. Um, Just asking for advice. <laughs> Yeah, about water and brewing. and uh, Anyway. <laughs> did, did you move all this upstream? Did you complain that the water's too soft mm-hmm. and you need some more minerals oh, in it? I've been calling senators and the whole thing. <laughs> Where were we? So, water stuff. Right. So, I, the um, Boston water source, um, the main kind of Boston water source, 
is called MWRA. I forget what it stands for, but that is where Swamp Scott gets 100% of its water from. Right. Um, and they give a monthly report of all of these different mineral levels and pH and et cetera. Um, I didn't think that was good enough. So <laughs> right. I ordered this uh, water kit, water test kit, which is similar to something you would get for like a swimming pool. Yes. pH and the chlorine levels and that kind of stuff. Um, but this one is tailored a little more to what you, you know, the, the stuff you care about for homebrew, um, which is, yeah, calcium, magnesium, um, sulfates, uh, bicarbonate and carbonate, I think. Right. And you really care about the alkalinity of yep. the water. So we threw um, in some, um, aerobic, anaerobic acid. Lactic acid. Lactic acid. Yeah. Um, to Because what you get from this alkalinity, the bicarbonates and carbonates, is they uh, act as a buffer, a pH buffer. Right. So you want a certain pH. You want around 5.2 to 5.6 um, pH level for the mash. Um, <laughs> you're making faces because we didn't quite hit that. Uh, but that's, that's kind of what you want for the right. mash in general. Um, and... If you have too much alkalinity in your water, mm. they're going to completely act as a buffer um, against lowering that pH down to where you want to be. Right. Um, another factor is the type of grain you're using. So this brew used a single grain and it was all pale malt, um, right. Maris Otter pale malt, um, which doesn't, like it, it contributes some acidity to uh, the pH, but not as much as a dark roasted malt. So if we had a dark malt, okay, that would bring the pH down, um, and act against the alkalinity. Uh, but since we didn't have that, you usually need to add mm. some acid to um, counteract that to alkalinity. Help, help it out, right? Uh, long story short, we seem to overshoot the correction, right? <laughs> um, and got our mash pH lower than we wanted, which was closer to five point one. Right. There was also, uh, we had some interesting kerfuffles around uh, measuring out. Um, we sort of like tested the water, carefully calculated how much of each additional ingredient we should add. Yes. And then we used a scale that didn't work. <laughs> yes. So I think that is actually probably related to the pH issue pretty right. highly. Yes. So we I added as well. quite a bit more, you said drywall, Dry which is true. Yep. It's called gypsum which is calcium sulfate. Right. Um, C-A-S-O-4. Yep. Um, and <laughs> um, it can bring out the kind of accentuate the hop characters in beers. Yep. And this is an IPA, so I wanted to make sure that we uh, did that. And also provide some calcium, which is health um, good for yeast health. Right. Um, and, yeah, also um, contribute or lowers the pH as well. So, um, yeah. So, so none of, the, the none scale of that, that would have helped. Yeah. Yeah. The scale that we used, um, the lowest, uh, like it gives you, you know, one gram, uh, not precision, but whatever. Right. It doesn't give you decimal grams. Yep. Um, and we were adding a pretty low amount. We're supposed to add a pretty low amount. Like, right. What, one, 2.5 or something? I don't know. But, 
I feel like yeah, we probably I, added like twice as much as we needed to because that scale was iffy. And I think we tr- we tried to autocorrect by adding like 0.8 of something. Uh, baking soda. Baking soda. So we panicked yeah. after testing the pH in the mash and realizing that was way, like not way too low, but like yeah. way lower than what we expected. But by this point, we had realized that the, the scale was uh, fucking useless. Yep. So we decided to try and convert teaspoon amounts yep. to a weight yep. of baking soda. Which can be problematic because, <laughs> you know, uh, powders can pack be packed at different right. densities. And yeah, that's why you do weigh things in general. Yes. But uh, anyway, we tried to buffer it back up a little bit and it did rise a little bit. Yep. But didn't change a whole lot. Um, you did end up... So with- I think the moral of that story is maybe... Don't over like don't right. Don't panic. Don't panic, but also maybe don't add a whole lot until you have maybe a test batch or right. And I actually did read that in some books that like you know these are all guidelines, but you know until yeah. you have the real data, don't over add things to your water. Like don't yeah go too crazy. So. Yeah, we followed a, a spreadsheet that you had found where you plug in the numbers and it tells you what you need to add, um, mm-hmm. and it was based on. Um, numbers before you had added grain. Um, like you put in the numbers of your water. Well, no- you also put in the grain bill, so it does actually right. know about the grain as well. So it does know about the grain, but I think the you were saying that the grain you don't really know until you've taken a measurement after mm. adding the grain. Yeah. Uh, right. Yeah. Um. So it's meant to help, but not the be all end all kind of right but i am curious now that i do have a more accurate scale um yes ten dollars on amazon great great deal yeah um supposed to be accurate to like 0.02 grams right pretty good and definitely good enough for this um (laughs) um yeah i'm I'm curious to try it basically try that spreadsheet again for this next ale i'm gonna brew um and Maybe add a little bit less acid than it suggests. Suggests, and then take and a measurement. Take that measurement just to see if it was just that scale. Because I don't know. A lot of people are reporting that this spreadsheet is actually pretty spot on for them. Oh, okay. Um, so, also we'll see. Um, anyway, so we were a little too low on the mash pH, but um, I'm not too worried about it. I actually yeah. just tasted a sample of the beer today. <laughs> you. <laughs> You're so impatient. So impatient. Um, but <laughs> it's wonderful. Yeah. So that um, that is a sample. It looks like a urine sample. Um, <laughs> oh, wait. I switched these. And uh, <laughs> which you, you might actually think that it smells a little bit like cat piss anyway, because you don't like hoppy oh, yeah, that's aroma. A, that's awful. That's really the worst. <laughs> It was kind of oh. a bummer to like, like I was really happy that you were helping me, but I felt a little bad because I was like, oh, we're making this IPA and he's not going to like it. Well, it, it's fine, um, but it's actually good because I'm not drinking beer. That's right. So that's right. Uh, so that worked out. Um, okay. This is a good moment for me to introduce you to a new thing that I, I got. Okay. You have we some brewed. water and a, uh, a pi- pipette, pipette, you, pipette, that you call these. Yep. Um, and this thing. A portable refractometer. Uh, refractometer. Yeah. Refractometer, yeah. So 
hydrometers are yes. the thing that we use, which yep. measures the gravity of the beer of yeah liquid. It's essentially a measure of the density in a way. Yep. Or yeah, yeah, the buoyancy. Really, I mean, yep. it's, you're putting a a buoy in liquid and seeing um, what line it gets how to, how well it floats. Yeah. Really. Um. So this. Oh, good lord. <laughs> This is fun. Um, this is a refractometer. Okay. Um, I'll let you try to describe it a little bit. So for the, for the listeners, there's there's an eyepiece <clears throat> yep. that you look into. It looks like um, it's got uh, the eyepiece and a grip, and then it goes to this like slanted metal detector, I guess, that has a little. Um, cover on it mm -hmm, mm -hmm. i guess you're going to look through this oh my god there's numbers okay so you look <laughs> you look into the uh eyepiece the, the eyepiece and yep. there is a there are measurements yep so i'm guessing we're going to put this into the liquid and see where the level appears or mm -hmm. something yeah so we'll use you as a as a subject you can try this out huh. um so First thing we'll use is, is there any distilled like water. calibration for oh we're using distilled water but not to calibrate just just to show you kind of that it is calibrated um, so you actually so, only need to put like two or three drops okay so Ian is currently um, covering the it's like an oval uh, shape a, for the it's a prism as well it's a prism yeah oh and then the cover goes over so this is yep. sort of like um what are the oh, slides on a microscope yeah mi yeah microscope slides yeah. So when you like um, press liquid between, two... yeah, you don't want to have like bubbles. You want to kind of have like an even yeah. amount of coverage. Um, so if you look through there, I'm hoping you'll see that distilled water is reported as 1.00 specific gravity, or zero. Sorry, zero percent bricks is actually the that is what's happening. The unit. Awesome. So. Um... The meter is blue all the way down to zero, and then white's below that. Yep. So you're seeing where the, the blue and white um, regions intersect. And oh, that's, that's, cr that's, that's crazy. Reading. So that's distilled water. Yep. Um, so this is this is a measurement of like the clarity of your beer. Um, is that right? Not exactly. Not exactly. I don't know a lot of the science, but um, I think it's how much sugars in your beer. I think bricks is a is a measurement of sugars. Oh, interesting. Um, it's like another gravity reading, but yes. on a different scale. And apparently, different levels of sugar refract light at a different angle or something. Okay. Um, uh, so I'm going to try and do this myself. Mm -hmm. um, I've got the pipettes. So this is with the the um, the IPA that we brewed a week ago. To see if it's done fermenting, and it'll it'll balance out once you put the yeah um, thing over it. So the starting gravity for this beer was supposed to be one point zero six three, and we ended up being one point zero five nine, so a little less than we thought. Um, it's like five point four dead. Oh, that is different than what I measured earlier. Interesting. Actually, that's exactly what I measured earlier, but you read it incorrectly. <laughs> oh, is that right? <laughs> I think so. I hope so. So, look at, yeah, so there's a five. Oh, seven. Yep. It's seven. Exactly seven. Exactly seven. Awesome. That's what I measured earlier. 
Yeah, kind of like weirdly exactly seven. <laughs> um, so what? Okay. Uh, so what do these numbers mean? Right. Like so, is seven what we're hoping for? So now um, there are calculators that can tell you based on your starting gravity, and I just said it, it was okay. 59. Yep. And our current bricks reading with the refractometer, um, it'll tell you what the current specific gravity is. Mm, okay. So you can um, use it as, you know, instead of a hydrometer, basically, to take these readings. So let me pull this up. Do, do, but do, do. W is it something that you would do instead of or as well as? Um, instead of. I mean, so the nice thing is that you only need a couple drops of the of the thing. That's true. So I it's got a little easier a, to get. I actually have a syringe with like a tube on it now to yeah. pull a sample out. And I don't need to have a whole hydrometer like um, tube full of beer. So I don't have to worry about wasting beer. I don't have to worry about... Um, you know, if I do dump it back in and you if know, you've always, contaminated, yeah, like, yeah. Um, so it's kind of cool in that sense as well. Um, so how do you get the starting gravity from this guy or do you still take a starting gravity reading? Oh, that's a good question. We might still need to take a starting gravity. Um, I need to look into that. Okay. With hydrometer. But anyway, there, so there's, here's a calculator, um, or a screenshot from a calculator. Okay. Bricks. So you put in the original gravity, 59, the current bricks, which is seven, we just measured. Um, the work correction factor, I just left it one because I don't really know how to correct for anything. Alcohol by volume, so we're at 6.32%. Which is more than we thought. Oh my God. So the final gravity is one, or the current gravity is 1.012, which is, it's done, basically. Oh, it's wow. ready. Yeah. Okay, cool. Um, and it tastes great. Like there's no, the only off flavor... <laughs> I don't smell any off flavors. You do. <laughs> so, yeah, I think it smells like a really clean fermentation. I don't get any off aromas. Right. I'm just getting the hops, really. Yeah. So the interesting thing is that now you have just thrown it into another bucket for dry hopping. Yes. So, uh -huh. and this is the thing about, like, secondary fermentations is almost no fermentation happens during a secondary fermentation. It's all about, like, the... Maturing, conditioning... But also it's like uh, the yeast dropping out and getting a more yeah. clear beer. Right. Uh, um, yes. Yeah. Which I think it's actually pretty relatively clear. Like compared to a couple of days ago, this is actually pretty clear. Yes. Um, it yeah. was really cloudy. The picture you ago. sent me was horrifying. <laughs> um, <laughs> this is much better. Yeah. Um, cool. So yeah, so I dry hopped, which is wow. a weird name, dry hopping. Dry hopping because it, everything's wet. I think it's a vestige of what it used to mean like dry gin yeah well, kind of <laughs> uh right because really it just means i think it should be called cold hopping at this point because because it's more you're not boiling with the hops right That's basically the difference is um i put four ounces of mosaic hops so many, disgusting so many hops god um in a uh sock what do you call those a <laughs> in a gym sock yeah no in a muslin bag, which... Yeah. Um, I mean, you might as well have put it in a gym sock, to be honest. It's for you, it wouldn't make any difference. <laughs> no. um, so I put that with a teaspoon, actual spoon, like a measuring spoon in there, just right. for weight, to try to weight it down a little bit. Okay, so that it's like sitting throughout. Because it'll float, yeah, yeah. It's still actually kind of floating, but eh, whatever. Um, so I put that in the bucket, the sanitized bucket, and then I transferred the beer from the fermenter into that bucket. Um, yep. 
and it's just hanging out. It'll be in there for five-ish days, and then I'll uh, bottle from yep. there. Um, and that gives, by not boiling the hops, you don't destroy the volatile um, oils and compounds right. that Which gives give it, you aroma. Yeah, it gives you that characteristic hoppy smell. Yeah. Um, but I'm so <laughs> anti. And, fla- and flavor, really, because yes. it's so linked to your your tasting experience that the aroma is so yep. um so yeah i'm excited about it i think the how long is i it, did actually how long taste is it gonna this too you don't have to if you don't want to but i'm not sure i'm going to be able to provide much um it tastes a little weirder than it did like an hour ago <laughs> face oh there is some bitterness in there too which i was happy about <laughs> your face <laughs> The, it's got a popcorn aftertaste. Ooh. That might be the Maris Otter um, grain. Popcorn. Like a little bit of toastiness. Yeah. Yep. Um, huh. So the Maris Otter is a, is a base pale malt, but it has a little more character than like an American two-row mm. malt would. Um, which is why it's nice for a single malt beer. If you're only using one malt, it's nice to have a little bit more yeah. malt character in there than just the base, you people, know, pale people, malt. People always say the phrase, like, it's hop forward. Mm-hmm. Um, and I feel like I would get that, I would use that description for this because mm-hmm. the first hit of the beer on your tongue is just pure hops. Yep. And then afterwards you're guessing other flavors. Um, yeah. I don't like it. <laughs> that, let's be clear. Noted. Um <laughs> Yep. It's it's also like it's carbonation is only going to help. Oh yeah, yeah. Um yep. it's flat, obviously at the it, moment. Yeah, yeah, we should explain this is a flat, warm beer. Right. <laughs> um that hasn't yet matured. Yeah. Um, but I I mean it, it already tastes good to me, which it, is exciting. Yeah, it does it feels like it has promise. Mm-hmm. And we've said that before, yep. and it's all gone wrong. Yep. But we've not like tasted and had as much um, data points. Right. Yep. I think the, I mean, the fermentation was very healthy from what I could see. The right. Krausen was really high on top and it just dropped, the the Krausen on top basically just dropped um, in the past day or so. Hmm. Um, I can show you okay. the, yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the mason jar as well to show you kind of what the yeast looks like <laughs> The now. yeast looks like. And the, the travel on the bottom, but. You had a, after the break, maybe. You had another piece of equipment that we haven't spoken about, mm-hmm. which I thought was amazing, which was the um, counterflow chiller. Oh yes, like probably one of the killer features. Oh, man, of this, this whole was system. so cool. Um, so this was like uh, I have the um, coiled wart chiller, the immersion chiller, the immersion chiller. So yep. you like throw this into your pot of wart, throw the coil in, yeah, the coil in, um, and then you uh, pump cold water through it. So it has one input, one output. Yeah. Just for the cold water. And this uh, tries to cool down the whole pot. Mm-hmm. Um, and so this takes, it doesn't take a long time. It's like five to 10 minutes. It's it takes longer than that in my, in my experience. It takes it's, more like half an hour. So but. yeah, I did it outside and it was winter. Mm, yep. That helps. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Um, but this thing, this counterflow chiller, um, this has two coils. Yes. It or, has. no, you were saying it has, like, coils inside of each other? In inner and outer, yep. yep. So there's a smaller inner coil um, where that you actually pump the beer through, the wort right. through. And 
um, encasing that. Yeah, is another the tube. outer. The other tube is what you run the cold, you know, hose water yeah. through. Um, and the neat thing is that the water coming out, um, it's possible that the wort coming out is exactly the temperature you want. Like right. You can tweak the speed, basically the flow of, beer of the cold water and the beer coming through yep. to perfectly get your temp. And then we totally did. We nailed yeah. it. Like we it, wanted 67, 68. It, w- it was interesting because yeah. we were, um, we had to mess with it for a while. Like at yep. first um, it was coming out too hot and then we had it coming out too cold. And then we like, we just tweaked those inputs Yep. and we hit that temperature. And because all the war- all the beer or warts coming out was at that temperature, like mm-hmm. the full batch just sat perfectly at yeah. the right temperature. It was awesome. And then we could throw the yeast in. Yeah. I mean, it was magical. So cool. Yeah. The, um, yeah, like with the with the immersion chiller, I feel like you're always kind of wondering because when you stir it, everything changes. Like when you're yeah. like, because you have like a thermometer in there, and you're like, oh, it's ready, and then you stir it, and it's like, oh no, it's actually thirty <laughs> degrees higher. Like yeah. after you stir it, like yeah. Um, so yeah, it was neat to just tweak that little ball valve on the pump um, to to just get it coming out perfectly. Yeah, um, that so was cool. That also, was that was wonderful. Big thumbs up. Yes, uh, I think a huge part of of that purchase. Yeah, because um, that came with the grandfather. Yes, yep, comes yep. with it. Um, the control box, I should say, I got the upgraded new fancy control box for the grandfather. Yep. Um, the original one just has basically a, you know, alarm clock looking old school like display that just shows you the temperature right. um, of the mash and you can just hit up or down to set it. Um, so if you have like multiple mash steps, which we didn't in this case, but if you're doing something more complicated, um, you have to kind of be over there and uh, push the button up and down, whatever. <laughs> uh, with this control box, it has a fancier LED screen that has can actually show you, you know, simple graphics and like multi-line text and stuff. Right. And it is Bluetooth. Yeah. Uh, so it syncs with an app on your phone. Yes. It doesn't have to, but you can optionally, and we did. Yep. Um, sync it to my app. So I hit start on the app uh, to mash almost burned you at one point because it was <laughs> yeah, because you tried to turn on the pump and nothing was attached. Yep. In which case uh, I would have just got hit with <laughs> hot warts. Yep. Um, actually, I guess that was after the mash. I don't know. Yeah. I don't remember. Anyway. But, um, but it was neat because the uh, when it was time to like add in more hops, for example, I got a push notification to my phone and therefore to my Apple watch on my wrist, Yeah, which said, add one ounce of mosaic hops now or whatever. I was like, Oh my God, this is so cool. Yeah. Like it worked perfectly. Um, and it had like the name of my recipe on the control box, like pretty neat. Yeah. Um, yeah. Super cool upgrade for that. I mean, I didn't even use the other one cause that was our first brew, but, um, I have that if we ever want to, use it to control something else. So um, the control box uh, has a temperature probe on it. Okay. And um, a two outlets on it. So one for the pump and one for the heater. Yep. Like the mash heater, the boiler, boiling unit in this case. Um, so what I could do in the winter, for example, if um, my fermenter is getting too cold, I can hook up um. the old... 
uh, grandfather controller that I'm not using, put the temperature probe in the beer or on the outside of the fermenter or wherever. Yep. Um, and set it to, you know, say uh, 68 degrees as my minimum kind of fermentation you right. know, temp that I want. And when it gets below that temperature, it will kick on the outlet for heating. Yeah. Which I could connect to a uh, a brew belt is like this simple little like... Yeah, electric little, blanket. Basically, yeah. Yeah. Um, thing that you wrap around the, um, the fermenter and kind of a low-tech way to... Or medium-tech yeah. way to um, try keep, to keep your fermentation con- uh, temp constant or at yeah. least warm enough to keep the yeast active. Stop the beer from getting too cold. Yeah. Um, I like it. Yeah, it's been fun. So I'm excited to brew the next batch with it um, tomorrow. going to brew a blonde ale. Nice. Um, which will be not a hoppy beer. It will have some bitterness. Excellent. will be... A much more balanced beer, yeah, um, with a little bit of malt character and really just a nice, drinkable kind of sessional sessionable ale yeah. for summer. Ready for the summer, yeah. Um, you also talked about a lot about flocculation, yes, or yeast, which is sort of like a uh, how readily the yeast clumps together. Yep, a tendency for yeah, um, yeah, for clumping. Um, and the thing about clumping is that like. When it happens, obviously, you then have clumps of yeast that are heavy, and mm-hmm. so they'll drop out of the beer right. instead of floating in it. And so you may want a high flocculation if um, you have a yeast that quickly does its work and you need it to get out of the beer. Right. Um, yeah. And as well as if you want to leave some, um, maybe some more residual sugar in the beer. Right. Or malt flavor. Yep. Um, which makes sense. For um, so this Samuel Smith clone that I just made previous to this um, uh, uses a English ale yeast um, SO four SO four the the dry yeast yeah this SO four is English and then SO five is the U S strain yeah so the English strain is high highly flocculent right which was very um, obvious because after three days it was just all settled out. It was amazing. <laughs> yeah. It just clumped so quickly and like fermented very quickly too. Yeah. Um, so it leaves you with a really clear beer without having to do any extra filtering or cold crashing or all of these like, yeah. you can add gelatin to like um, clarify your beer, huh. which I haven't done yet. Yeah. Um, anyway, um, the, yeah, so it leaves you with some more malty kind of flavors, but also with some more, um, potentially some more yeast um, flavor compounds like byproducts mm. because the yeast isn't there to kind of clean up after itself right. as much. So you do have the risk, well, the opportunity, I'll call it, because sometimes you want a little bit of this Yeah, to have more of a diacetyl, um, diacetyl oh. left behind, Okay, which gives you this kind of buttery... Oh. Um, like the creamy biz. Flavor, but also... Um, a little bit of like a mouthfeel thing too, right? Um, which you don't generally want, right? But sometimes you want a little bit to to just give a little extra character to the right. beer. Um, but it is considered like a off flavor, like usually, yeah. Um, so <laughs> and reading up on this stuff, like and tasting that that beer since I've been like more 
aware of what's going on. Yep. I can't tell like how much that's like my, my reading is affecting my taste buds. Yep. Like, am I tasting things that are real or am I like trying to look for things because I, I'm guessing of what is there right. based on my observation of how the yeast performed and what I know about the chemistry and stuff. Like, yeah. Cause I do feel like there's a butteriness to this, um, bitter beer, which is in the fridge and we can taste after break. Mm. And I feel a little bad that I just uh, gave you basically the premise of the tasting experiment. Exactly what I should be tasting. <laughs> ruined. So if yeah. I taste anything different. <sighs> yeah. Uh, anyway. <laughs> Fun stuff. Cool. Nice. That's probably enough about beer. Okay. Sounds oh. good. You want to take a break? Yeah, let's break. Uh, real quick, before we get off the beer, one last thing. One last thing. We did thing. chat about the other day, being yesterday, I think. Um, you said, I told you about another product, brewing product. Right. And that was like the most exciting product that I've mentioned to you in the in recent history, you said. Yes. Uh, that is called the Tilt Hydrometer. Yep. And it is a Bluetooth hydrometer that you throw into your beer. Mm-hmm. And it's also a thermometer. Yes. And it connects to your phone. So you can check every day. Mm-hmm. Every second? <laughs> the reading from, yeah. the hi- from the hydrometer. And thermometer. And thermometer. Yep. So you can get the gravity and the temperature. Mm-hmm. Without opening the beer. Yeah. And that's, contaminating That's the it. killer feature. So yeah. you, don't, you don't need to have a sampling port on your... <laughs> sampling ports. Do you have a sampling port? I don't, but they make... Mm. They, they uh, have one available for the catalyst now. So I could drill a hole. Oh. Yeah, exactly. In the side of it and then put the sampling port there to just have his little nozzle mm. to take a small sample. Um, but I got the syringe for $4 and yep. that works great for me. Excellent. I don't have to drill. I don't have to worry about leaking, you know, yeah. the gasket. I don't I don't want to yep. have any... Oh, I one okay. One more thing. Last thing. <laughs> uh, when I unscrewed the mason jar today to uh, rack it to the other bucket. Yep. Um, I initially forgot to close the valve. Oh God! <laughs> and it just you know how like when you when you do when the valve is closed and you take the jar off, you still get a lot of kind of spillage. Yeah. Over the side, so I was like, oh, spilling a lot, but like the the mason jar isn't really changing. <laughs> oh God. It's, like, that's weird. It's just like, oh, okay. It wasn't like full flow, but I was yeah. like, it's, it's like really coming oh, out. Jesus. And then I was like, oh, <laughs> shut it. <laughs> so yeah, almost all of the beer came out and it would have been a really sad thing. Um, so I lost about a bottle of beer uh, from that. Okay. Which I bottled. <laughs> so I added a little tiny bit of priming sugar to a single bottle and it was all, it fell into the, sorry, it fell into a, plastic container that i had underneath okay the jar which was not sanitized and not right so like whatever that bottle is going to be a wild card yep but put a little bit of sugar in there and uh <clears throat> that'll be the non dry hopped <laughs> somewhat reference that i'm not really if it tastes bad i'm gonna be like well yeah i also dumped it in there like it, it's probably a lot of oxygen you got in there like who knows <laughs> uh so that'll be a fun fun thing to try okay cool cocktail cocktail time 
Enough about beer. Let's get oh, on yeah. to some other completely unrelated subject, like cocktails. Yeah. Okay. That's what that's what people, you know, they come back for. <laughs> just a tease. Okay. Uh, let me just make sure I have, the, I have the technique down on this one. The technique? Yeah, there's some uh, some techniques here. Hmm. Oh, nope. Nope. Forgot an entire ingredient. Oh. Uh, uh, Ian, Ian will be right back. He is he rushing can, uh, out as quickly as he can. He's yep. not talking into the microphone. Um, yeah. While he's gone, let's uh, just enjoy the silence. I can't enjoy the silence. We're going to need to keep talking. Um, I guess something that is still beer related is that Guinness is now vegan, which is pretty exciting. Um, it used to have fish in it. Um, fish was used in the Guinness brewing process. But that is no longer the case. It's like a... Fish in the form of Isenglass? Yep. Right. Where did you come from? Uh, Just uh -huh. now. Peered from under the table. Yes. That was weird. So this is the ingredient that uh, really breaks your, your diet. Oh, this is just like pure sugar water? <laughs> simple syrup. <laughs> it's it's uh, simple. Yeah, it's just simple. It's just sugar and water. Exactly. All right. Seems like a lot of liquid in here. It kind of reminds me of last time with the, mar with the martinis. Oh, yeah. All right. Okay. So... Ian has the cocktail thing that he's shaking. Oh, yeah, there, it does sound like there's ice in there. I was confused. Whoa. It popped. You were Whoa. not confused. There's no ice in here. There's no ice in there? Why are you shaking it? Whoa. That is what we call in the industry a dry shake. Oh. Have we that doesn't make any shake? sense. Nope. Another usage it's, of dry if that any, is not dry. If anything, it's more wet. Um, than when there's solid ice in there. It It's wet, but it's not getting increasingly more wet. Whereas with the ice... Ah, uh, it is. It is contributing more... To the wetness. Wetness. Now you are adding ice. So first you dry shake. Then you throw in a then ton you, of ice. And you wet shake. Then you wet shake, I guess. I mean, that that sounds like a dangerous so, dance move. Uh, so we've talked about shaken versus stirred. Yep. Which is generally, if you have fruit juice, you generally shake. Yep. Um, if or not, some other cloudy ingredient. If not, you will stir something that doesn't uh, mix well with your other ingredients. Then you need to shake. Something you need to emulsify. Yeah. Really get. So there's another rule Ooh. for when you need to dry shake. <gasps> that, well, need is you know. Yeah. Should. When you want to dry shake. Right. Um, so you can you guess what ingredient would... Require uh, dry shaking? Require dry shaking. It's not simple syrup, I don't think. Nope. You might um, see when I pour some clues. Bubbles? Bubbles. Uh, definitely some bubbles. If you want bubbles. <laughs> uh, what is the ingredient that's generating the bubbles? Milk. <laughs> it is related to animals. Oh. This is not a vegan cocktail. Fat? Just uh, beef fat? Nope. Um, gelatin? Nope. Uh, you may think I forgot the bitters, but this is actually... 
oh, the recipe. Oh, at the bitters afterwards. Oh, that was a little messy. Uh, you garnish. You garnish with bitters? Oh, yeah. On top of the froth. What? That is generated by the ingredient called... Well, let me, let me just let you try it, actually. Egg white. It's oh, egg yeah. white. Oh, yeah. It is. Oh, yeah. Cheers. What am I even drinking? <laughs> um, this is bizarre. Mm-hmm. All right, I'm happy with my choice here. We're covering some, covering some ground. Oh, my God. Mm-hmm. I think this is also a good example of aroma contributing to yeah. what you're tasting. Because you get that nose in there, and it's all about those bitters hanging out on top of the, the egg foam. It is so very citrusy. Like, mm -hmm. it numbs your tongue. Mm. But I don't think I've ever tasted something like that. <laughs> awesome. Great. That's what we're here for. Yeah. Um, do you have an animal uh, in mind yet for the rating? Mm. I think I'm going to need to sit on this for a while. Okay. Okay, um, I can tell you a little more about... I think I like it. I think it might be a mammal. Oh, that's that's good. Uh, you have graciously offered to cheat for this segment. Cheat, cheat on your diet? Yes. So that's good because the simple syrup is against that. Mm. Um, so do you want to guess uh, any more ingredients or should I spill it? Spill the Lime? Beans. Yep. Lime's a core ingredient. Is yes. there lemon in there as well? No. I don't think so. No. Nope. Um, it's very cloudy. I have, I honestly cannot say what the alcohol is. Yeah, you, I don't think you'll guess it. Uh, um, it's called Pisco. Pisco. Even though I actually did call this a Pisco Sour earlier, but maybe, <laughs> yeah. It is um, very sour. So it's called a Pisco Sour. Um, so sour. So Pisco is the base ingredient, uh, two ounces per cocktail. And it is a Peruvian slash Chilean Orange bitters? Uh, Angostura bitters. Angostura. Okay. Gives you a little more yeah. kind of um, spices and stuff going on in there. Um, Pisco is a South American um, grape brandy mm. that is clear, so it's not aged. It's kind of a... Right. I, I love the look of it. Mm -hmm. It's like very, very milky, yeah. um, like watered-down milk. Um but then it's got the, the egg white foam on top. Right. And mm. the bitters just like, it's like a canvas. And then you've just yeah. thrown like caramel yeah. on top. It is. I think this is one of the uh, better presented cocktails I've made yeah. for you. Um, it's fun to look at. And yeah, it's enjoyable in uh, multiple ways. So this is called a Pisco Sour. Pisco Sour. So two ounces of Pisco. Three quarter ounce simple syrup, three quarter ounce lime juice, um, one egg white per each serving, and um, dash of bitters on top for garnish. Right. So the the dry um, dry shake dry shake is for the egg whites for the egg whites to really get them frothing up. Yeah. Because um, you when they're cold they don't froth up as well. Um, so you get them frothed up first, and then you add the ice. Uh, and get a really nice, refreshing situation. 
It's so cool with the bitters sitting on top because you can like selectively choose when you add that mm. ingredient to. Yep. Yeah, yeah. No, I think this works really well. Yeah. Um, it's kind of like a daiquiri with a little more interesting stuff going on, both from the base spirit and the egg white and the the bitters. So the ba- the base spirit, mm-hmm. I've not had before, uh, as far as I know. Yeah. No, just oh, okay. That's your statement. Yes. Um, what does it typically taste like? Um, I mean, what is it? What is it close to as a spirit? So it's a brandy. It's a brandy. Yep, it's a great brandy, but it's um, it's like somewhat neutral. I think it has a little bit of fruitiness to it, but not. It's mm. not sweet on its own. It's you know, it's you can you can smell uh, the egg whites, mm-hmm. which is a little like a meringue. Yeah, kind of smell. It gets a little weirder as the drink warms up. Yeah. <laughs> uh, as you would yeah. expect. Um, yeah, I made this for myself uh, a couple mm. weeks ago. And um, it's not something you want to like hang out with for right. an hour. Like, you, know, you want to drink it kind of quick because it's... Were you surprised by it? As surprised as I was um, when you tried it? I've never had a cocktail with egg whites in. So. Okay, so I, I have, but I was surprised by the, the bitters... Mm. Hanging, I really, yeah, appreciated that too. That that was cool. On top, um, but so I think we talked about our bartender friend that works um, at a restaurant in Lynn, Massachusetts. Okay, uh, a little bit. Uh, his name's Joel, and um, oh, I was saying that I should have ordered a Martinez there when we mm. went, and I forgot to. So we went there again since then, and. Um, did you order a Martinez? He nope. <laughs> <laughs> Dang it. Nope, I didn't. I really should have. Um <laughs> So he was just kind of making us, you know, fun drinks and I was trying to guess what he was making. Yep. Basically this, but you know, tables turned. Um so he was making some fun stuff and he was I think he was trying to stump me, like the last one he get, he made. Um was kind of out there and he was like <laughs> he kind of hinted in a, like without trying to hint he said well you're i don't think you're gonna guess the spirit and i said mm. is this pisco <laughs> it's like oh my god how did you <laughs> yeah it's like damn it so i felt pretty good guessing pisco it's like all right i'm on and i, I guessed a couple more ingredients so i was like all yeah right, getting good at this um so it was fun but but yeah, Pisco. It's uh, you won't find it in every liquor store, right? But um, I would say maybe any like decent sized liquor store will probably have at least one brand of Pisco. Okay. Um, and I think Chile and is it Chile and Peru are each try to like claim it as their own. <laughs> say like, oh, yeah. I think this is a Chilean uh, Pisco. Okay, but um, but yeah, it's maybe. Twenty dollars or or a little less, maybe per mm. bottle. It's not not very expensive, um, and something a little different to try. Right, definitely good for summer. Um, you know, summer kind of drink, and pretty refreshing. Do you have a mammal yet? I think it may be a badger. A badger. Mm. Sort of like bad, like badgers are in isolation adorable. Okay. But there's a bite to it. Ooh. Like you want to, 
you want to quietly approach a badger. This isn't like a party drink. This is uh, like, okay. Sort of that summer, you know, nice relaxing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Kind of. Mm, a little subdued. Yeah. In a way. You don't want to make it angry. But, yeah, yeah. if you wake it up. Yeah. It could be fierce. Okay. And I think that that's sort of like the, the bitters stripe to it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, a little bit of wild card in there. Yeah. What is the what was the other mammal that you um rated? A goat? A mountain the, goat? The goat. Yeah. Okay. So and those are these the two top These the are goat the two and top the, and the badger? at the moment, yeah. Badger's higher than goat. Badger's higher than goat. Oh yeah. So this is a this is number current, one current right favorite. Now. Yeah. This is above the Martinez. The Martinez was the goat, I think. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. I feel like this is something um another thing I really like about the cocktails that we keep trying is that um, it, it's impressive if you order this. Mm, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, do you have any Pisco back there? And it's like, what? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, you feel a little, feel cultured and a yeah. little... Um, Pisco sour. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think from what I read about this in, in those parts of South America, this is kind of the drink. Uh, Interesting. Um. That's the popular cocktail. But have not confirmed that firsthand. Um, cool. Cool. Glad you like it. Yeah. Um, didn't expect you to like it that much, but... No. It could be the fact good. that I'm not having sugar. <laughs> and so, like, the simple oh, syrup yeah. is just like, like, oh, my God. Whoa. This is what sugar tastes like. <laughs> <laughs> right. It's possible. It's possible. We can uh, adjust the... Uh, Hydrometer reading based on <laughs> temperature, based on how much sugar is in your system. Cool. So if I just gave you the simple syrup straight, you would straight have the same. Be, I'd be like, oh my god, this put is some a, bitters on top. This is a, I was like, what? This is a dog. This is a this is a dachshund. <laughs> this is my favorite dog. <laughs> That'd be really evil if I started just <laughs> try this. Put some froth on top and like put an umbrella on it. And it's just sugar yeah. and water. Oh my god. <laughs> oh, good. Fermentation animals? Oh, this requires a um a book. Oh, to talk about. Okay. So no, next time. Next time. The yeast vault? The yeast vault is neat. Um is this like a in in a lab somewhere they have like a vault of yeast strains? Uh, kind of. Okay. Um, it's that idea combined with Kickstarter, <laughs> crowdfunding. Oh. Yeah. So White Labs is this one of the kind of most popular. Yeast, yeah, they're, they're uh, based companies. out of California. Yep, San Diego. Yep. Um, we may have touched on them a little bit yep. before. They have a, a, a tasting room where you can try the same beer, the same exact beer. Recipe with different recipe yeasts. fermented with different yeasts. Yeah, to just to see, yeah, what it tastes like. Um, the so Chris White is the owner, right? And he uh, co-wrote the yeast book that I'm currently reading. Okay, called Yeast. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's like okay. yeast, a practical guide to fermentation or something. Yep. Um, anyway, where was I? Oh yeah, so White Labs has this thing called the Yeast Vault that um, they basically offer up descriptions of these yeasts that they are kind of working on. Um, and 
yeah, give you the stats and kind of what they, what kind of flavors to expect and fermentation behavior and that kind of stuff, flocculation. Right. Uh, and then you can go basically pre-order that yeast and once mm. they get, I think, 250 pre-orders, they'll, they'll make it. Yeah. And they'll make it just for that batch, I think, and ship it out to you. Right. So it is um, just like Kickstarter. Yeah. It's basically yeah. that. It's crowdfunding yeast uh, strains. Which is that's really, pretty cool. It's cool that like there are that many yeast strain ideas out there to even have this be a thing, right? Like, um, but huh. I don't know. I would worry that like if I got one strain that I really liked, but didn't like keep it alive, like I made the best beer of my life with this strain. Oh yeah, and then they never make it again. Like I would mm. just be like, oh, <laughs> well, I guess. I'll never have that again. Like, you know. Yeah. So I almost don't want to even try it <laughs> unless I can like figure out how to keep uh, yeast going, which I totally could, but that's another rabbit hole to go down of like buying more things to try to, yeah, keep your yeast strain going. Right. So anyway, thought it was a neat idea. And I was surprised by the fact that it's that is a thing at all. Yeah. Kind of cool. It seems interesting. Um, I was having a discussion with someone the other day. Mm-hmm. Um, this sort of relates back to the whole, like, we're going to start calling this a hogcast. Yes. So I'm going to translate the um, conversation to talk about hogcasts mm-hmm. rather than podcasts. Yes. So what is the plural of hogcast? And what does the plural mean? Like... We record a hogcast, (sighs) but is that, is our hogcast made up of multiple hogcasts? No, I think we have a single hogcast, cast, uh, called Hunchpig. Okay. That has multiple episodes. Uh, but wouldn't, we would say like we've released a new hogcast. Like, I don't think I would say that. Or an episode. I think I would say episode. And I mm. people do say that. So like I this yeah. is kind of the whole thing where like can I just say no that's wrong even though that is how people use the language mm. which is I something you'll grapple with a lot. 100% like comfortable doing. <laughs> yes. Uh blog is another one where people say, "Oh, I just wrote a new blog." And it's totally a thing. Uh, but it's a blog entry. It's a post. Or a post, yeah. But some people say, "I just wrote a new or watch my new vlog, or read my oh, new yeah. blog, and I'm like, no, that's not a new blog. That's like, a, I, I have a vlog, article. but I've released a new vlog. But yeah. is that a, is that a different stream of vlogs, or is it... No, the same stream. The same stream? Yeah. For it, blogs, too. No one can thing. tell. No, it's confusing. Um, and I think we are more in tune to these differences, because mm. we know what the entities are called in the be- in the back end, right? Right. We know that, like, in we, WordPress... We have felt the pain. There's a posts table, right? <laughs> well, there's not a blogs table. Right. Usually. It's like the models under under the hood is like a post or an article, yeah. whatever. And we know the importance of pluralization. Right. And 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 uh, being able to, dis- to differentiate, you know, between those two things so that you can communicate effectively. But, mm. yeah. But uh, normal people <laughs> right. care less about those distinctions. So uh, this is an episode of the Hogcast Hunchpick. As far as I'm concerned, yes. Okay. This isn't in and of itself a Hogcast. I, no. 
No. But some people say that it would say that it is. Maybe not a hard cast, but yeah. Okay. Okay. I thought there was more ambiguity here, but I'm glad we clarified that before I Okay. Made a mistake. Mm-hmm. Have you uh, used the word podcast to reference a single episode of this show? Yes. Oh, okay. Yeah. So are you going to change that? Oh, yeah. <laughs> totally. Thank you. Yep. The result of this conversation is me changing behavior. Nice. What else can we change? <laughs> Just kidding. Uh, this isn't on the board, but I, I'm looking at this mason jar of water over here and it just reminded me of another experiment i did okay is uh, this a vocabulary experiment nope this okay. is a beer experiment We're back to beer okay well it's not directly related to beer but indirectly okay uh so i put a mason jar full of room temperature water here in the unfinished side of our basement and one on the finished side of our basement next to the fermenter because uh, i wanted to is see it, is it open nope it's closed I wanted to check the temperature after a day Okay. of the two. Did you? I did. Oh. Um, yeah, what would, what would you guess? Uh, the diff, like, I which would, guess, would be warmer? I would guess that the finished part will be cooler. Yeah, that's true. That's true. I was thinking the opposite. You have a fridge that is pumping heat into this side of the basement. A, a couple things. Yeah, so yeah. two degrees difference Fahrenheit. Oh, that's um, significant. So this one was 69 in the unfinished. The other one was 67. And yeah. Yep. The fridge is exhausting into this room. Yep. Hot. Uh, you hot also air. have like the water heater in here. and The water heater. Yeah. Yep, is pretty close as well. Um, obviously the... You were trying to work Furnace out. Furnace isn't on for the actual, yeah. but the, the hot water heater still you, on. You were trying to work out where your beer should live? Yes. Um, or mm. for different stages. Like, I, I might actually, knowing that this is a little bit warmer over here, I might actually bottle condition in here mm. to kind of make that a little quicker of a process or a more sure way to get the yeast active again. Interesting. Um, I imagine there's um, a seasonal difference as well. Imagine in the winter when you're heating the house, this end might be cooler. Yes. Because even though like the water heater is, and yep. the heater is all running in here. Right. It's There's no there's no radiators in here. Right. So yeah, it might actually flip the other way. Yeah. That's a good, good hmm. point. Um, so yeah, this might be particular to both the kind of summer and pretty hot days because the past couple of days have been like 90 degrees. Yeah. So uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, but for now, it's. I guess there's not a whole lot of takeaways. But I might move the. Uh, are they bottle the, conditioning bottles in here? Are they at the same height? Ooh, no, your, actually, that one's that's beer, higher. Your beer won't be up there. It will be on the floor. Right, uh, right. Mm -hmm. You've got it like halfway up the wall. Good point. And heat rises. Heat does rise. So in most cases, cooler, lower. Okay. Um, so not groundbreaking science, but, uh, it's, it is science. Yes. It's just not about breaking ground. True. <laughs> um, going back to words for a moment, because I know you enjoy that. And it was your birthday yesterday. So it was talking about words has been something we've done for two days. Yeah. Um, Everyone's been just, you know, 
laughing at my puns and yep or at least you know acknowledging them that which is an improvement it that only happens on your birthday <laughs> right um there is a bar mm-hmm. that i have been to called drink yes i may have brought this up before uh, i think so and i want to talk a little bit more about that name mm-hmm. because it's a genius name mm. mainly because it leads to drink interesting it. conversations okay yep oh for, for instance yep uh we went for a coffee walk this is a bit of a uh regularity amongst uh, my co-workers which is uh around three o'clock in the afternoon we will go for a walk which is the important bit and some people may get coffee mm-hmm. um it's called a coffee walk despite the fact that well we all may get coffee <laughs> yeah okay it's called a coffee walk despite the fact that most of us won't get coffee right uh, but the whole point is to like get outside, walk around, like let your brain have a little rest. It sort of breaks up the afternoon a bit. Right. You have a couple hours before lunch and then a couple hours after lunch. And right. this is a good way to make sure that you're not sitting down for four hours in a row. Exactly. Yep. Uh, but during one of these coffee walks, um, someone pointed at the bar and said, that's drink. That's drink. And this, this was from oh, a... Pointed at the bar. Okay. I was thinking you're inside drink pointing at the bar. Right, you meant (laughs) pointing at where the bar is and saying, that's drink. This is like a throwback from a much earlier conversation where Mm -hmm. we were talking about the bar. Mm -hmm. But I was holding a coffee. Mm -hmm. So it looked like, to me, he was pointing at my coffee (laughs) and said, that's drink. That's drink. And Matt... (laughs) You, Matt, that's drink. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Uh, And so that was a wonderful... (laughs) Moment, yeah. Yeah, moment of like communication breaking down mm-hmm. um later on we decided we we're all going to go out for a drink mm-hmm. and we decided that we would go to the bar drink sure so someone asked me where are we going to grab a drink and i said we're going to drink <laughs> <laughs> and they said no i yeah but where are we going to go <laughs> uh, yep who's on first yeah it that's good. It's I, I thought well, yeah, it, it's a noun, it's a verb. Right. It's, it's I just, thought it was stupid yep. at first to call a bar drink, but it's genius. No, genius, yeah. Also potentially confusing. That's where the genius comes in. Yep. I mean, that's what humor is, is you're mm-hmm. you mentally falling over. Right. But are they going for humor or marketing? <laughs> I mean So it's successful in a humor sense, but uh yeah, I feel like it works in both. Like okay. that name sticks out to me. Mm-hmm. There are plenty of other bars that I've been to that I couldn't tell you the name of. It also just sounds like the default. Oh, we're going to drink. Right. Boom. Well, yeah. There it's decided. <laughs> yep. Uh, nice. Anyway, excellent bar. Yeah. So um, I watched a television show uh, called Best Bars in America, uh, and it's each episode is a different city. So I watched the Boston edition. Okay. And they featured drink. They Ooh. went to drink. Um, and <laughs> it's just a funny small world. Uh, at the bar in drink it, on the episode. About. we About. Bars, where you bars, drink. Drinking. We noticed uh, two of our bartender acquaintances that we know. Oh, wow. Working who, there. Yeah. Uh, no, having a drink there. Oh. Drink. <laughs> uh, so it's just funny. Because they're like. Obviously, they're super into drinking. 
drinking good cocktails and learning yep. the craft. And no, at they, that point, they were probably like just getting into like the really like getting really serious about it. Right. Since then, one of them has like won awards, like national awards. Yep. Um, yeah. Stuff, but it was just funny. Like, oh, okay. It was, a, it was actually really good. Um, I ordered a martini there and they asked me all sorts of follow-up questions, which Ooh. doesn't often happen. Right. Um, they, I also suggested that someone order a sidecar. Yep. And that was no questions mm-hmm. asked. They just did it. Sure. And someone else ordered a Martinez mm-hmm. and they gave them their own spin on the Martinez. Did they talk about it at all? Uh, or do you so, have to ask about it? Or So um, the, per- the person specifically asked not to know. He okay. said, I want to talk about it after I've tried it. Sure. And they were 100% into that. Yeah. They were like, this is exactly yeah. why this bar exists. Nice. That's cool. Um, but there, there. there were several people who went and like ordered a drink and then said, I don't like this about it. Mm-hmm. And they would make up. Tweak it to, or yeah. Yeah. Modifications on the spot. That's cool. Agile uh, cocktail development. Right. I, I mean, everyone there really seemed to know what they were yeah doing and yeah, it's cool it was very good nice yeah it's nice when you don't get a blank stare when you order right something like, yeah uh <laughs> let me google that and yeah i can substitute orange juice for Cointreau, right that's fine <laughs> uh. next door cool. is there someone next door to you next door yes oh this is like drink this is like drink yeah. Oh, like the the wordplay. Next door is an app. Oh, this is the. So like, oh, you're on next door. I see. Yeah. Um, this next... is like a Facebook alternative. It's not really a competitor. No, no, no. Yeah. It's I wouldn't call it an alternative to Facebook. Um, it's a hyper local social network. Right. Yeah. So um, it's all about figuring out what's going on in your community. Your. Yep. Physical. Do you feel regional community? So you are now a member. Yes. You're on Nextdoor. I'm on Nextdoor. I cannot find you on Mm-mm. Nextdoor if I were to join. No. Because we're nowhere near each other. Right. Yep. Yep. It limits you to... Um, you can see limited informa- information about like surrounding um, neighborhoods, they call them. Okay. Um, so <laughs> they, they call them. This new word that they made up? <laughs> well, they're like named. It's like, this is the foo neighborhood and this is the whatever neighborhood. And they have a very specific region. Mm. Whereas I feel like the general neighborhood concept is more like wishy-washy. This is like this neighborhood, that neighborhood. Yeah. Which may not exist in the real world necessarily as much, but they group it that way to make things work in the the app. Um, So the most interesting thing about it, I think, is the way that they um, kind of sneak, I don't know, sneakily, but like, the clever way they grow the network. Hmm. Um, so we got an invitation to join in the mail, the snail mail. The snail mail? Yeah, the real postage mail service. Wow. Said, here's your invitation to join it next door. Okay. From someone that we never heard of, but that lived a couple of streets over. What? We're like, oh, okay. Yeah. Sure, I guess, yeah, we'll join. Like, you know, we want to be involved. We just moved here. We're trying oh. to like you know, be friendly with neighbors and yeah. we're invested in this. Right. You feel, you feel like you couldn't, I mean, that puts more weight behind it. You can't kind really of, yeah. It's like a, coming from a real person. It's not yeah. just this like app that is, doesn't have a face or name to it, you know? 
So I'm like, okay, yeah, let's join. And then we join and we can, as soon as you log in, it gives you an aerial map of your neighborhood. And who's joined? And you can just, it auto selects every house that has never been invited. And you can click one button and they send postcards to every person around you. And it says it's from you. And saying it's from you. Huh. Which I think is genius. Yeah. It's totally working. And like, I think I did click a bunch of those houses and do that. And since then, like every like couple days, I'll be like, oh, blah, 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 join next door. Like accepted your invitation. I'm like, oh, okay. They live, you know, <laughs> yeah. that street over or whatever. Huh. Um, That's cool. It just seems really smart. Next like, door. I feel like they're paying a lot for postage, but it's, it's pretty cool. Um, and yeah, I'm curious to see if it like devolves into like a bunch of people self-promoting their mm. businesses and oh like it's going to be full of like gardening services and yeah and it, yeah. there are a couple of those and then there's like some people that start new threads that are like get all these companies off of here we're, like this is supposed to be different like we're trying to mm. just like you know well, how do they have make, honest how would they make money without like um yeah there's definitely sponsored um things like in the emails you get from them like you get like a right. digest email of um of people's posts and stuff or like uh classified ads you'll right. see like oh we're looking for a babysitter or we um uh, we found a dog whose dog is this like just right. random stuff um and then at the top you'll see like sponsored link by a cleaning cert like something it's interesting does that um, feel more offensive than if there were like an a public notice board where people can post like hey i offer hmm. Hmm. these services um i think so because of the especially if you have email notifications enabled right. it's like a push notification instead of like you going and looking at mm. the board that's true it's like slightly different but yeah not too far off i wonder if there's a notice board like concepts there that could work mm. where instead of paying to advertise to particular people, mm -hmm. you're just paying to have your advert on the notice board for like a month, two months, that kind of thing. Um, targeted to a certain local neighborhood still or no? right. Okay. Like this is the neighborhood notice board. Yeah. Anyone who's interested can go and look at it. Otherwise hmm. you'll never see it. Yeah. So if you're just like, Oh, I wonder like we need a plumber. Yeah. And I uh, want someone local. It's it's not as this up. efficient as, <clears throat> or you're not going to get as many people looking at your advertisement, but it may convert better. Hmm. Yeah. Good question. Um, I don't know. Hmm. So we are, we've talked about this retaining wall project for a while. Right. And we're trying to get the ball rolling on getting quotes for that. I think we're going to do that soon today, tomorrow. Okay. Like get that started. Um, so I'm, I've been thinking a little more about these kind of things for like uh, getting getting your neighbors suggestions yeah. and recommendations. Um, so we're on Angie's list, which we'll probably try. Um, might post on the next door now, just to get local opinion on yeah. who's good, who's good, who's bad. Um, Katie from Massachusetts knows some people uh, from her someone from high school that owns a company that might. Might be good for that. Um, uh, what else? Thumbtack. 
We talk about thumbtack. Oh, this is a thing. This is a thing where you like post what you want done and people bid. Yeah, yeah. On the work. Yeah, it's. It, uh, I would call it an, a very informal bid. It's mm. like not locked in stone at all, but it's like an estimate. I guess right. is a better yeah, yeah. word. Um, but yeah, you say this is what we want to get done. We did that for our painter, interior painting. Um, kind of describe the job, and they'll say, "Hey, I can do that for whatever." And their business model is um, everyone who submits an estimate has to pay a dollar or whatever to like, right? Actually, reply. Yep. Um, which seems smart, like a good, yeah. Like, yeah, there should be some barrier to entry to like potentially get some good business. You yeah, know, that makes sense. Um, so yeah, I'm sure that'll be a saga once that gets going that we can keep <laughs> keep people updated on. Yeah, the thread that we can we can uh, hopefully won't be too long, but <laughs> it might be. We'll see. So we played a game via iMessage. Yes, Pucket. Pucket is really good. It's pretty good. I like it. You like it. Yeah. It's Pong. It is Pong. It's ping pong. Yeah. It's uh, all about reaction time. Yep. And um but you send mm-hmm. the message. You set so the message represents your move. Yep. Like like chess kind of, but it's has the real time aspect of once you open the message, yeah. You have to immediately like get in the zone and like move your paddle yep. to to, to uh, respond. But like every message is pausing when the puck would cross across the halfway line. Mm-hmm. So like you open up a message, I've sent you my move, you see what I did. Right. So you see it go away from you, hit my paddle and come towards you and you have to react to it. Mm-hmm. And then it will pause when it hits the halfway line going towards me. And then I get the message with your move. Right. This is a game that I really didn't think could be done <laughs> it, yeah. in turns right. via messages. I am impressed by, yeah, by the fact that they even attempted to yep. do Pong over message. <laughs> uh, but it does kind of work. It's kind of yep. cool. Huh. Makes you wonder what else can be uh, kind of fit into that model. Messageified? Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Um, so we want to keep uh, episodes a little shorter. Yeah, going forward, right? So let's end. Should we should we call that good? Yeah. All right. Thanks for listening. You can uh, rate us on iTunes. You can email us at ian at hunchbig.audio or matt at hunchbig.audio. Uh, did I say give us a review? Uh, yeah, give us a review. Um, tell your friends about your favorite podcast. Uh-huh. You, um, can, uh, you can support us on Patreon. Can you? No. No. But uh, you can, you know, just think of us. Yeah. Just keep us in your thoughts. Say a little prayer. Yeah. Um, mm. uh, Remember us fondly. Yeah. Um, I listened to a brewing podcast and they said they do have a Patreon or some way to support. And they said, uh, and they drink a lot on the show because they're yeah. like trying stuff. And yep. Talking about their homebrew and stuff. And then they're like, yeah, you got to gotta pay for our Ubers home. <laughs> I was like, that's pretty good, you know, justification. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah, you're tasting beers telling me, like, about stuff. And, yeah, we should help you out a little bit. It's kind of funny. Uh, but, yeah, just uh, give us a rating, maybe. Yeah. Tell a friend. Tell a friend. Uh, subscribe. Maybe more than your, one. Your favorite hogcast player. Maybe uh, tell all your friends. Mm-hmm. Yep. And your acquaintances. Yes. And your enemies. Ooh. Uh, 
That might be the best one, actually. <laughs> if you don't like someone, tell them to listen to your favorite podcast, Hunchback. Yep. Till right. next time. That's all. That's all of it. That's all the blurb. Yep. Outro done. <laughs>